now here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Checking the microphone. This is a podcast. Okay, we're rolling. Ah, boy. Daytime podcast. Sponsored by coffee. Mmm. That makes sense, because I, li- I like my coffee, uh, like I like my women. Like one, right when I wake up, but just one, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to nap later, because I had a real rough night. Especially because my wife had a root canal that didn't go well, that she has to get fixed, that inflamed her sinuses, so she's snoring like a longshoreman, even though I don't know why longshoremen get blamed for snores. I mean, she could be snoring like a receptionist or a paraeducator. Anyway, the point is I should only have one coffee in the morning. Otherwise, I'll be too wired to have the nap. And then I'll save my other coffee for later after my nap when I'm podcasting. And I should probably only have two. Because I take blood pressure medication and my doctor said two is fine. So I have three a day. Anyway, that's how I like my coffee and women. I'm going to have trouble fitting that in my tender bio when Christy leaves me. I'm going to have to tighten that up. My apologies for not podcasting last week. Um, I was in uh, Las Vegas. And I was just too fucked up to do it. I mean, when I when did I not party when I was there? That's not true. I actually forgot to bring a microphone. And I could have I could have recorded a podcast on my phone, but I just didn't uh I decided to just wait. Uh so my apologies for not podcasting last week. Um that was a fun week in Vegas. That was uh It's just, uh, it's the kind of week, if you're a comedian, I don't know if you're not a comedian, you, you got to find uh, the equivalency in your life. But it's the kind of week as a comedian where it's so good that it makes the rest of your life seem shitty. Uh, it's, you know, it's sort of the like, oh, I got upgraded to first class on this flight. This will be fun. And what you don't realize is that ruins the next eight flights you take because you're like, ah, back in coach with the ham and eggers. Uh, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club in Las Vegas, is it's just besides the shows. You're staying at the MGM Signature, you know, I'm on the 28th floor. I'm looking out. I have, uh, I have uh, access to the employee cafeteria, which doesn't. It's actually pretty terrible, but that means I eat for free all week. I mean, that's a, that's a couple hundred bucks right there, easy. Um, the shows, although they're not in their normal comedy club yet, the shows are in uh, like a beautiful showroom. And you hear a lot about how bad Vegas audiences are, but these these ones, they seem okay. I mean, they were, a couple of them trended a little older, but, you know, I'm not young, so it's fine. Um, 
it pays well. I was headlining. I took a picture of the giant flashing MGM sign with my dumb face on it. Um, Brad Garrett, who owns the club, is like uh, incredibly nice to the point of your uh, of like what what's. I mean, I know you have all these charities, but are you on the dark web? Are you Jeffrey Epstein's friend? Like, why? What are you overcompensating for with your kindness? I'm jo- all these are jokes. Uh, he's incredibly nice. In fact, when you get there, uh, he texts you. He text as the comedian. The, he texts the comedians from his personal phone number, which I will now give you. It's nine seven. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I got, uh, he he actually texted a couple days after, I don't know why, I think Friday. Um, I guess, I mean, it's it's pretty basic stuff, so I'll read it. Uh, it's just like, welcome back, Gabriel, enjoy yourself, let us know if you need anything, Brad. I said, thank you. I have a way with words. He said, heard you crushed as usual. And then... It was about 20 minutes of probably if he was watching, which he wasn't, uh, those three dots that go back and forth. Because I'm like, are we done? Should I respond by saying thank you? Should I respond by saying, crushing's what I do, motherfucker? Should I respond by saying nothing? That's what I did. Um, It's just, I mean, he's so nice. And also, like, you know, uh, the crowd's, were I mean Vegas by the way coronavirus is over we did it it's been defeated kiss a stranger uh yeah it's just done you know they you don't have to wear a mask if you're vaccinated they're not allowed to ask if you're vaccinated <laughs> so i'd say a third of vegas is wearing a mask uh maybe 20% um so every show is packed because Vegas is packed, and not all the shows are back, so like you know, it's two hundred and fifty a night. We weren't allowed to sell merch because of I don't. know. They're going to be able to in a week or two, but just like leftover casino restrictions. And so at the end of the week, the manager Cindy is like, "Oh, and uh, there's a little something extra in there because Brad feels bad. You guys can't sell merch. Five hundred extra dollars. I'm not going to tell you the total amount I made, but it's good. Um." So that's the kind of week you have uh, in Las Vegas. And then you almost dreadfully look at your schedule for the next week. I was getting emails from people because I'm I'm booking some backyard comedy shows. Um, If you want to do one, hit me up. Gabriel at GabrielRetledge.com. Just, you know, fill in my schedule a little bit. Um, I'm doing some backyard barbecue show. Or inside your house. I don't care. House shows. I'll bring my karaoke machine to your house. But people were like messaging me about that. Like, hey, I was thinking about having some friends over on July 10th in the afternoon. Would you be able to do <laughs> How much would that cost? And would you be able to do And it, You know, now that I'm back, I want to do those shows. But when I'm looking out the window of my 28th floor, looking at my giant flashing face on the MGM screen, I'm like, backyard barbecue shows? Do you know who the fuck I am, lady? Then I email back, and I'm like, I'd love to do that.
I actually, uh, I, I, I do this thing. You ever just reinvent your life? Do you ever want to just, what's that Ace of Base song? <laughs> when am I not referencing Ace of Base? Not all she wants is another baby. The one that goes, I got a new life. I'd ask uh, Alexa to sing it right now, but I had a I had a podcast, an old one taken down for a copyright violation uh, for playing Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. So I'm not fucking around anymore. I think it's still up everywhere but Spotify, but I took the song off. I put up songs all the time. I guess that party's over. Because if you get enough violations, then they don't let you podcast. And I wouldn't rob my millions of fans. Uh, so less unlicensed music will be played, but more singing. I want a new life. <clears throat> it's everyone's loss. By the way, if you could easily pay to play unlicensed music on your podcast, I would do that. If they were just like, hey, it's a hundred bucks a year. You can play whatever you want. Or it's 99 cents every time you play a song or something, but it's not. It's this very complicated, you got to sign up with BMI, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, uh, no more songs. But I don't want a totally new life. I'm not trying to replace my family. I mean, sure, I've had those fantasies too. Uh, that's more of a Reno fantasy than a Vegas one, but I don't want a new job. But I want... I wish I could move to Vegas. I wish I could move to Vegas. Uh, it's Living in Vegas would be the equivalent of, in my life, uh, let's say in Tacoma, Washington. Actually, even closer, but let's say in Tacoma, Washington, there were, I don't know, eight to ten comedy clubs, and none of them cared if I worked the other one. Uh, because that's what it's like in Vegas. There's all these comedy shows, all these comedy clubs, and all these casinos from Brad Garrett's MGM to, uh, you know, more local stuff that you wouldn't be able to fly in and do, but if you live there, you could. And I wouldn't quit going on the road, I could still go on the road. And by the way, oh, it's the cheapest airport to fly out of in the country, probably. Uh, now, the downside of that would be, you know, like uh, the guy I was working with, one of the people I was working with, his name's Derek Richards. He lives in Vegas. He has a five-week run of work that's all at home. It's all Vegas work. Uh, the downside is, you know, a couple of those weeks he was hosting at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club, and he is a headliner. He he tours clubs all over the country, so it's like, you know, I would do less headlining if I lived in Las Vegas. That's one of the downsides. Hosting, I would hate. Middling, I'd be like, eh, okay. But um, that's one of the downsides. But uh, still... Just that idea of like, um, you know, I get paid for a lot of sleep in my own bed comedy right now, but I don't know. I would rather be the middle act 
at the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana all week than go to like uh, Route 2 Tap Room in Monroe on Friday night, which is what I'm doing. Not to mention Monroe's like almost a couple hours away from me. Um, you know, my mo- a lot of my local work isn't clubs now. A lot of my local work is... You know, it's farther away than Vegas local work would be, and it's sports bars and shit, or microbreweries. And those aren't bad shows, I just mean... And it's not like if I lived in Vegas, immediately I would just have a full Vegas schedule and be working everywhere. But I do feel like, I mean, I lived there a year. I just don't see myself not getting in with most places by hanging out. Um, cause I try to get into places now. I try to, uh, you know, I try to work the LA comedy club and I've gotten one email response in two years. I try to work, uh, the laugh factory cause I met that guy once. Uh, there's also one in Reno. He's given me one email since I met him, uh, a year and a half ago. So that part's frustrating cause it's like, Brad Garrett's has a really good reputation, and I headline there. In fact, I, I sent a picture of myself on the fucking Jumbotron, and I emailed a couple other clubs like, hey, I'm here this week. I want to come back for your week. No luck. But if you live there, if I'm not emailing the guy who runs the L.A. Comedy Club, if I'm showing up and I go, hey, new headliner in town, Whose balls do I have to jiggle around here? To That might be too aggressive. And then it's, it's more than comedy that makes me want to change my life. You know, I know I have, I have a nice house. I have a nicer house than I can afford because my mother-in-law sold it to Christy and I. Uh, for what she had left on the loan. Also, if, you know, if you know my mother-in-law, um, we didn't pay a lot of money for the house, but we still paid for it in other ways. Um, Christine and I bought a house for $120,000 like two years ago, basically. That's... If you're buying a $120,000 house, it's probably in a swamp uh, in Louisiana somewhere, and it doesn't have plumbing. I mean, there's just no such thing as buying a house for $120,000. So we have, like, a nice house. We got a nice backyard. My kids have friends. My wife has a job. I have, everything, is, everything is good. But fuck, man, I never wanted to stay here my whole life. And neither did Christy. So I don't hate it. I don't like, ugh, Olympia's the worst or Washington State's the worst. I don't know. You just start thinking of, I'm walking around Vegas with vitamin D on my face. My my face on the Jumbotron, walking past all these clubs. I'm like, I could work here. Future me will be very successful. Everyone will return my emails. And also, I have a good Vegas act. Not everyone does, but I have no agenda. I have a point of view, 
but my comedy has no agenda. So I'm, I'm okay with a bunch of drunk tourists, you know? Uh, I, th- I kind of think I'm built for it. So, which is another reason people don't want to go to Vegas, because it's like, it's like a cruise ship on land, sort of. But like, I don't know, in my experiences, it's like, no, the, I, the crowds aren't. I don't know if I'd shoot a special there, but they're okay. They're fine. Uh, so I got so deep into this fantasy by day three, of the moving to Vegas fantasy. I was I was sending uh, <laughs> I was sending Christy uh, real estate listings from Redfin uh, with math, like hey. We could sell our house because the way the real estate is right now is just bananas. Uh, I mean, we we have people contacting us all the time asking us to sell our house. People, like real estate people are desperate to have houses to sell. Everything's going for way more than it's listed. So I'm like, we could sell our house. And then by this house, I'll send her an email of like, I think it was some... Uh, house in Henderson, Nevada, which is about 15, 20 minutes outside of the Strip. We could buy this house. We got 100 grand left over to play with. Look at this house. Look how nice it is. Look at this pool. And then even though this isn't even a thing that's going to happen, and it's all hypothetical, uh, Christy and I started arguing, not arguing, but like actually disagreeing about our future life. And I'm like, no, 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 no. If we're going to fantasize about our future life together, let's fantasize we don't disagree. You know? That's like masturbating and the person you're masturbating to is not into you. Or (laughs) in my fantasy, the, the person I'm having sex with is bored. That's not how you fantasize. I sent Chrissy this picture. I'm like, this is... Look at this. This is a gated community. Uh, This two-story, like, three- or four-bedroom house. I'm like, look at, they have a pool. This community has, like, a pool. Christy responds in the email, I think I'd rather have my own pool. (laughs) And then I was like, uh, actually, it was an email. It was on the phone. And I'm like, you know what? I actually think I'd rather share a pool with four or five other houses because then you don't you don't have to put the chemicals in. I mean, maybe you have to pay a neighborhood fee or whatever, but you don't have to, like, do pool maintenance. I mean, our hot tub's broken all the time. A pool is like a bigger hot tub. Everyone knows that. Uh... So we're, we're, we're going back and forth about, you know, when we do move to our future life, Yes, there will be a pool. Will we own the pool, or will we share it with our neighbors? That's the biggest concern about our new life in Henderson, Nevada. Um, And, of course, the reality is, uh, you know, there's just no way it's going to happen. There's no, there's no, uh, my anxious children, uh, I think, have no interest in leaving their friends to uh, go to the desert. That's the other thing. Yeah, it's it's one twelve in August, kids. You're going to love it. Every body of water is a hot tub in August. 
Also, Vegas is ugly. Not like the strip's fun to look at, but I mean the the, the uh, what's the word? Topography, the landscape. It's it's a fucking brown rock. There's nothing there. It's windy. It's hot as hell. Uh, Christy has a job here too in Olympia. She doesn't want to leave, although she could get one there. I was sent. She was complaining about her job. I'm like, you know what? I I hear that um, para educators in uh, Henderson, Nevada, have like no problems. It's voted number one best place to para-educate. Uh, and then I looked it up and it pays like $4 less an hour than here does. <laughs> I didn't tell her that part. Maybe she could just stay home, work in her pool full-time. My son's going to college 11 minutes from where we live in Olympia. What are we going to do? Just leave him? Like, that's the whole reason he's going to college close to home. Uh... You know, <laughs> have fun in college, son. Also, uh, got you a plane ticket for Thanksgiving. You can come visit us in Vegas. We got a new life. It's not going to happen. But fuck, it's kind of fun to think about. It's kind of fun to go deep. What would it be like? Uh, and of course, even if I did it, like after a year, I'd be like, I'm in three clubs in Vegas after a year. I moved down here to get into all of them. I'm in three clubs. So really, I guess what I'm, what I wish could happen is I could headline three clubs in Vegas and live in Olympia, Washington. Um, because there really is no other place like that. I can't I can't go to Little Rock, Arkansas, three times a year at three different clubs. It's just not. Um, how comedy works, but it does in a tourist place. It does when the audience is new every week, uh, then they're not worried, you know, uh, they're not worried you're going to get burnt out there, uh, as far as being a draw or whatever. So, you know, I'm, I'm still working on getting back into other Vegas places. It's not going well. Um, but that's how it goes. That's that's comedy. You get in one place, you're in a place that's harder to get into than you know. I headline at Brad Garrett's and there's people I know who only host at Brad Garrett's who headline LA Comedy Club and like LA Comedy Club is like no interest in me so far. And it's not personal. They don't give a shit about me. They're busy, you know. And the other thing is, uh, I don't know if you guys heard there was a pandemic, but I, I, uh, it kind of, everything came back so fast, sort of, that I almost, I have to remind myself to be patient. Because, you know, everything kind of moved, every comedian sort of moved down a notch during coronavirus. I mean, all these comedy clubs, there's, Ron White's coming in for the weekend or 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 Brian Regan or uh you know big big name people who uh didn't even used to do clubs are doing clubs at least until theaters get fired back up there's all this pent up um there's all that talk about what is it I don't even know what it's called pent up 
economy, meaning like, you know, when they closed down hair salons for coronavirus, as soon as they opened, they were super busy because it was pent up desire for haircuts. But there's all these, there's been thousands of comedians not doing anything. I mean, some of them did stuff like me because I'm dumb, but so now that it's like safe and people are getting vaccinated, it's like they're all coming back and it's like, hey, I want to, when's my turn? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I wasn't (laughs) super desirable for major comedy clubs before coronavirus and I'm less desirable now. I have to remember that. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I was bummed that I'm like, oh, I need to do some, I need to do some like house shows in the Northwest to fill out my schedule this summer because I'm not that busy. And I was kind of feeling shitty about it. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. I was delivering groceries in February. I mean, how fast do I want to bounce back to uh, pre-pandemic levels? So I'm trying to be patient. Um, it's funny, though. We... The lesson I wanted to, as things started opening up and the shows were fun again, because I did shows during the worst of this, uh, I'm hoping it's the worst of, uh, of the pandemic, but they weren't fun. You know, it was sort of uh, whatever, the crowd's spread apart, no one's there, it's kind of the dumbest people in every town I was going to, and... When I, when comedy kind of started up again this year and it was fun, I'm like, okay, I want, I need, after the last year, I need to hold on to how fun it is, how much I enjoy it. It doesn't matter where I'm performing. It's fun. I like performing. I like creating new material. These are the things that have become a part of my identity and I'm going to enjoy them separate of career goals. Just, this is a good time. You worked really hard at this. You got good at it. Enjoy it. And I am still doing that. But what I, the actual business part of comedy that has always been a part of my life of constantly emailing comedy clubs and constantly uh, soliciting work, I really wasn't ready for that part to come back. I forgot how much it sucks. I forgot the... uh, And that, you know, and like I said, it's harder now than it was in 2019 because it's more, like, I'll put it this way. A place I've never worked before has such little interest in adding me or any new people. They haven't booked their old people for a year. They're not, no one's in the mindset of, let's bring some fresh blood in, you know? Uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm relearning the job part of my job where I'm like, oh yeah, this part does suck. This part, this part has always felt a little overwhelming and a little, uh, um, desperate. Is that the right word? Um, it just never seems like it's going anywhere. It never you know, you email a place, they don't email you back. You're like, yeah, I don't blame you. I forgot about the tiny uh, 
<laughs> I've heard the term microaggression. I think uh, the business part of stand-up comedy is like micro-rejection. On stage, it's not a, it's a natural, it's a macro-rejection if it doesn't go well. But off stage, if you're messaging or emailing, it's micro-rejection. You just don't get a response. It's just you're putting a message in a bottle that's like, hey, I'm funny. Please let me work for you. And you're just, you're not even thrown in the ocean. You're just thrown in a recycle plant. Uh, so that part it can be a little overwhelming. But like, you know, like I said, I calm myself down. I'm like, I, have, I work. I still have places that I'm in. You know, I still have. Uh, and there, not everything's back yet. Not everything's full bore. And uh, <clears throat> like I said, hey, I'm not delivering groceries anymore. They try to get me. They send me text messages. They're like, hey, big Memorial Day weekend coming up. We get all these uh, driving bonuses. <laughs> or I'll, I'll get a text that's like, Spark is the app I use to deliver groceries for Walmart. And it's like, we miss you. Comedy never did that. No club ever it sent me an email that said, we miss you. Here's a bonus if you come back. It's never happened. Uh, I guess really what I'm saying is I want, I want to move to Henderson, Nevada with the community pool and uh, deliver groceries there. I just feel like that's, if you're going to be in the app game, you got to go to Vegas. Hey. I mean, think about it. Uh, what do you do for a living? I'm an Uber driver. Where? Uh, Tumwater, Washington. Hmm. As opposed to, I'm an Uber driver. Where? Vegas. Fuck yeah, dude. You made it. Even that part is true. It's it's only kind of based on reality, but just when you work in Vegas, I mean, I just told you how great it is, so I guess I do it too. But when you work in Vegas, people are like, oh, cool, show business, as opposed to I have a show in Kansas City, Missouri, which is almost equally hard to get into, but people are just like, wow, Missouri. Do they laugh at your jokes? No one ever says that about, you know, Vegas. They go, wow. Good for you. I don't know if you can hear that rain pounding down on the home I own. Uh, it's raining pretty hard out there. Uh, that's the thing about, like, we could sell our house for, like, so much more money than I ever thought it should be worth. But it, and it's also like, I mean, Vegas fantasy aside, even if we move to a different house in our same community, city, like where? We could sell our house for a bunch of money and then buy one for equal or lesser value across town? How does that? Everyone's like, now's the time to sell and then do what? Then be the one who can't find a house to buy and overpay? So I don't really understand that logic. 
I don't understand a lot of things. Uh, but I have learned, we've all learned during coronavirus that the economy is fake. <laughs> None of it means anything. Uh, no one had jobs. Entire industries were shuttered. And the stock market did great. Everything did great. Everything's fine. Real estate's booming. It's all a ruse. Uh, anyway. Even if I did talk Christy into uh, moving to Henderson, Nevada, or wherever. <laughs> I, I know the first time she saw a tiny desert lizard scuttle across our back patio. We'd be back. <laughs> We'd be back. Um, that would take some getting used to, too, the, the weather. I mean, part of the reason I would like to leave is the weather. But you go to, you go to Arizona, there's, like, shit to look at. There's cactuses, cacti. There's uh, beautiful rocks and shit. That's like pretty desert. Uh, Nevada desert is just, you know, from the plain, it's like, oh, nothing lives here. Nothing is alive here. And then someone stuck a giant, well-lit city uh, in the middle of it for some reason. Uh I got something from my, uh, I was going to say my alma mater, but it's not my alma mater because I dropped out. It's my alma, I almost went, but then I dropped out. Uh, South Puget Sound Community College, home of the Clippers. Uh, we still get, we still get, I think it's a, I guess it's called Sound Waves, and it talks about the classes they have available. Christy's the last person who went there. She, you know, took parenting classes and then also, did some classes, I don't know when, five, seven years ago. I'm not good at time. Uh, so we got this in the mail, and then on the cover, it, it looks like a blue turd in a tank top, and it says, <clears throat> Meet Percy the Kraken. So even though South Puget Community College is... The Clippers, that's their sports team. They have a couple sports teams. I'm, I assume they're attended similarly to uh, a JV high school football game. Uh, and They don't have football at South Beach Sound Community College. SPSCC. That's, if you're in the know, that's what you call it. I got the tattoo of SPS on my left cheek and CC on the right cheek. Um, so I'm confused if they were going to have a mascot. It... I thought it might be Clipper-related, I guess. But anyway, Kraken, Percy the Kraken, uh, which I don't like how all of a sudden, I guess because of the hockey team, it's just like, no, Kraken, you know, the Northwest. The Kraken? Like, no, that's not a thing. But also Percy? What, Kevin the Kraken would be great? Uh, Cassandra? Kate? Uh, I open I open the uh, <clears throat> my latest copy of Soundwaves, little article about Percy. Seven arms, three hearts, one awesome mascot. 
everyone is excited about Percy and how they can better our learning community and draw us closer together. It's community college. This is like, this isn't an announcement for uh, like the, a children's museum. You don't, you don't need to like show how fun your community college is. Who, who are you marketing to? Why are you trying to attract uh, children or young adults to your community college? If you're supposed, what? If you have a mascot, it should be attracting forty-two-year-old uh, people who got tired of cooking at Denny's and thought, "Shit, maybe I'll learn to weld." I mean, it, what do we think community college is? Community college is not exactly a celebration. You know, community college is a celebration of your future, but it's also acknowledging shit didn't work out in the past. Either for your parents or for you. To be like, I was going to go to the University of Washington, but I don't know. Have you seen Percy the Kraken? It looks fun. No, you go to, you mostly go to community college because you, Fucked up your 20s. Not exclusively, but, you know. I used to joke when I went there with Christy. Uh, and, you know, as you know, maybe you don't know. I mean, Christy and I knew each other since high school. But we were kind of community college sweethearts. Um, but, uh... I used to joke they only had programs at South Puget Sound Community College that helped them run the campus. Like, hey, you want a, you want you want a degree in food service? Get your ass over to the cafeteria. We also offer a degree in landscaping. Grab a lawnmower, shithead. Uh, <laughs> you know, maintenance. Good. Go weld the bathroom off the door in the. You know, janitorial work. Clean the toilet while you're in there. Security? Here's a big flashlight and no gun. Go get him. Uh, okay. This is like, you know, I am, uh, this, I'm reading this like one of those conservative talk radio people who is like, and this is what they're doing now. This is what they're doing. I mean, this is a parody Okay, I'll just read the origin story of Percy. <clears throat> Percy. Wait, I, before I even read that, I, I will say they they, uh, they named him Percy because uh, the the school is next to Percival Creek. So they named him Percy. That's why I would have gone with Val. Val Kraken sounds a lot more badass than Percy. I mean, if there are any kids excited to see Percy, like, I've been at Mariners games when the Mariner Moose comes out, and the kids go apeshit. They're excited, but at least kids can say moose. You get a three-year-old kid to yell uh, for Percy the Kraken, they're going to say Pussy Kraken. They are. That's how kids talk. Pussy. Oh, so that's how I hit on women. Girl, you're pussy cracking. Uh, I 
clearly don't want to hit on women. I hit on my wife by raising an eyebrow. Now? No? Later? Okay, we're good. This is, this is uh, the start of Percy's bio. Get to know Percy. Pronouns. They, them, their. For the love of fuck. It's a mythical sea creature. What? Why? Why? Why does the mythical sea creature feel like they don't quite fit in to the gender binary? Why? Why does the kraken... Why does the kraken prefer they, them, there? Why is Percy this way? <laughs> Why are we... Oh, fuck me. I just started laughing. I just started laughing. I'm like, there is such a thing as being inclusive, and then there's such a thing as like, what is this? If, if you're a non-binary kid and someone famous comes out as non-binary, I, I understand that you can be like, hey, that makes, it's not just me, or uh, <laughs> it's, it normalizes it, but it's like no one's going to have the story of like, I thought I was weird. And then I met Percy. Oh, a family friend? Well, not exactly, but it was a community college next to my house. He was a seven-foot-tall, eight-armed, mythical sea creature. Uh, yeah, I just... Uh, <laughs> pronouns they, them, their. Height, seven feet. Strengths, camouflage, limb regeneration, and the ability to give seven hugs at once. Is this... Are they running a daycare or a college? I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to get my tattoo covered up. And the hilarious thing is, you know they had meetings. You know they're fucking pumped. They're like, hey, when our summer sound waves comes out, I think we're officially ready to launch Percy. And they are excited. This is going to be good for us. This is going to be good for us. I think this is really um, going to be good for our community outreach. As soon as they start having parades, we're going to, have someone sweat their ass off and dodge horse poop. And this is really going to be our community thing. <laughs> I'm not going to read the whole origin story of Percy. I'll read the last two paragraphs. As they searched. As they See, the pronoun just got me. They're talking about Percy. I'm like, who searched? Percy. As they searched, Percy quickly came upon the Clippers, a group of people working hard to achieve success through education. After many hours spent observing these mysterious clippers, Percy decided that instead of making a meal of the clippers, they wanted to make them allies. That's when Percy solemnly vowed to forevermore vanquish all those who stand in the way of clippers. Percy now spends their days supporting clippers on the court, in the field, in the classroom, and in the community. Um. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. Uh, I'm interested in this school because I've been working construction for 15 years and my back hurts and I thought maybe I could learn some computer programming. Um, I'm confused right now. Is Percy 
part of your marine biology program or your daycare camp? I mean, wow. Very bizarre. Very bizarre. And uh, I really, I feel bizarre to the point that I, I feel, I feel like I am not one of those conservative people, but I feel, I feel like one of those conservative talk show hosts or YouTube hosts who's just like, and this is what they're trying to do to our children. A proud tradition of Krakens taken down by the woke mob. Uh, so I guess I'm somewhere in between. But I mean, know your audience, community college. What the hell? Maybe they're, maybe they're trying to compete with uh, Evergreen State College across town, home of the gooey ducks. Where they're like, mm, we see your weird mascot that's actually a real animal. It sort of looks like an uncircumcised penis when you pull it out of a shell slash ball sack. And we're going to go with a non-binary fictional sea creature. It's actually not even good representation. It's like a scary, violent sea monster. But maybe it was only, excuse me, maybe they were only scary and violent until they realized... Um, who they truly were. You know what? Percy's getting to me. Percy's getting... I get it now, Percy. Pussy quacking. Uh, my son, his mascot kind of sucks too at his college. He's going to the Saints. The Saints? You know, and it's a private school. It's technically a Catholic College. I mean, he doesn't have to do Catholic shit, but it's also like when they're the saints, they're not just like, they mean the saints. You know? Mother Teresa and shit. That would actually be a much better mascot. Welcome to St. Martin's University, home of the fighting Mother Teresa's. Let's go, defense! Kill him with kindness! Um, it doesn't matter. My son will be, I'm going to buy a t-shirt probably. My son will not attend one sporting event. Uh, I can almost guarantee that. Okay, wrapping up. Um, thanks to the Rutledge Revelers who, uh, support this podcast with their monthly donation. If you would like to do that, uh, you can in the episode notes. It says support this podcast or rutledgeradio.com. It says uh, support. Click on that for as little as 99 cents a month. Um, you can help me buy coffee creamer for my son and wife because I don't use it anymore because I'm a better person. Um, I do have uh, I'm not even going to look at my calendar. I, uh, let's see. Uh, June 4 and 5. I'm in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I'm not sure how many Coeur d'Alene and vicinity listeners I have. But please, for the love of pussy, uh, come out. June 4 and 5. Uh, in Coeur d'Alene, I think we're at, uh, it's like the Honey Social Club. GabrielRutledge.com has the ticket link. Um, and then uh, June 6th, I'm in uh, Missoula, Montana. I'm sure we have even less, list I have even less listeners there, but Missoula, Montana. Uh, at the Giggle Box. <laughs> I mean, Giggle Box is a better mascot than Percy the Kraken. 
Uh, any who's, what else do I have coming up? I think that's enough to let you know. Let me know if you want me to do a show at your house. A uh, big time Vegas headliner is, uh, he's back, back to reality. Um, so uh, I will do your backyard. Those shows are a ton of fun, by the way. Uh, at least they were last year. I've got a bunch coming up and I hope they continue to be so. Uh, <laughs> there is something about the idea of just eating shit at someone's house. I was going to say on stage, but you know, wherever I do it. And then just be like, all right, thanks guys. As I drag my karaoke machine out of there, like, oh, that was humiliating. It's like a door-to-door salesman that didn't go well. Like I asked uh, to show you how good my stain remover worked and it didn't work. So now I, I left a stain on your carpet with my shitty performance. Um, I think that's it. I love you, probably. I hope you're a good person to justify my love. Thanks for, uh, sincere thank you for everyone who does uh, donate to this podcast. And for everyone else, this podcast is free and worth it. Show's over. We're done. Bye.